Welcome to A Slice of SEL, a podcast for educators about social-emotional learning. All right, guys, welcome to A Slice of SEL, episode two. This is a podcast from the St. Croix River Education District. Um, its purpose, at least for the time being, is that we're currently in the middle of a pandemic and we just wanted opportunities to share little little bits of information and kind of a slow drip with our, our member districts in the St. Croix River Education District. Um, thought a podcast would be a fun way to do that. Um, and Rai, could you tell us where this podcast is available? Yeah, fun fact, we are now officially available on your favorite podcast apps. Um, and on YouTube. So for audio listeners, we'll describe what we're showing you um, to the YouTube audience. So we are the SEL services team, as Nick said, at the St. Croix River Education District. I am Courtney. I'm Rye. And I'm Nick. And this week on episode two, uh, we're going to continue a focus that we had in episode one on teamwork. And that's part of adult SEL, because we talked about we're lifelong learners, these skills that we're teaching to students, um, to organize themselves, to, to work together as teams, have good relationships. All that applies to us as well. Um, and last, last week, we talked about uh, team norms, community agreements. This week, we're going to talk about those rituals and routines uh, to open the meeting, during the meeting, and, and after the meeting, really to help people engage. And to be concrete from the start, we're going to give you just a couple examples of what this might look like, um, especially examples in a COVID pandemic world, uh, you might start a Zoom meeting uh, by saying, hey guys, can we just think, take a second to breathe and think, could you just respond in the chat? Uh, what was a recent joyful or successful moment that you had in the last day or so? Give people a moment to think and then kind of talk about the chats that you're seeing come through. So just a nice start to the meeting. Uh, breaking people out into, you know, two or three person breakout rooms. Um, we are not promoting Zoom in this podcast or have any kind of paid promotion relationship, but we will be mentioning it because we use it quite a bit. Um, and then just ending your meeting with another kind of nice reflection, quick question like, hey, what are you looking forward to for the rest of your day? So those are just some concrete examples of the kind of little rituals we're going to talk about today with that lens on adult SEL. Um, these, these things are also useful in classrooms and you might start to think as you're listening, hey, like I could use this with my students too. But the examples we're going to give is really focused on adults. But before we get into that, we're going to do our da -da -da -da, what's filling your bucket segment. What is filling our buckets today, you guys? Um, I can start. I am currently, again, spending the morning with my sweet little pug, Ruth. Um, she is sleeping and being so adorable. But I also wanted to add, I got to go spend time in one of our member district uh, middle schools this morning and do a little refresher on some of the strategies that we use to engage students and um, de-escalate um, escalating behavior. And it was just really nice to see people um, taking the information in and asking really great questions. So I just felt really productive and helpful today. I will go next. Um, I think what's filling my bucket is just like this uh, fall warm-up weather that we're having here in Minnesota. Um, it's kind of like that second summer that people people talk about, but we are definitely here and it is like going to be 80 degrees this weekend, so I'm feeling good about that. Nice. Well, what's filling my bucket is I was at a East Central Elementary School yesterday um, at a staff PLC where we were talking about SEL. 
we had a couple minutes to talk about self-care and we were talking about like, what are some things that we want to set goals for and do more. And I think uh, we often, when we hear self-care, think of really um, visual things like I want to meditate more, I want to sit down and, and meditate more, kind of those like active add-on kind of things maybe. Um, but one of the first people who raised their hand just said like, hey, I want to work on just getting more sleep. And I really appreciated that just hearing that because I was saying, when we uh, created a staff self-care page on our cross-district website, the picture that we chose at the top was of just a person sleeping because um, we didn't want to really emphasize kind of like the stereotypical things you might think of um, when you when you hear the phrase self-care, like, uh, you know, meditation or some kind of Buddhist tranquil figure. Like, let's, let's also think about the things day to day that we also just want to focus on, like eating healthy, um, getting more sleep. So I'm just really, that filled my bucket. Um, and finishing up our segment, we're going to transition to our main topic, which again is three signature practices, welcoming routines, number one, uh, number two, engaging strategies, and number three, optimistic closures. And those are some labels for those three signature practices. And you may be wondering like who called these three signature practices. Um, we are going to reference a tool in this podcast. And if you're on YouTube, you'll see it. If you're on podcast audio, you'll hear us talking about it. Um, it comes from CASEL, which is the Collaborative for Academic and Social Emotional Learning. They're a big dog national organization with SEL. They publish a lot of great resources that we reference. Um, and there are a ton of engagement strategies out there. We could go on and on, and we probably will in subsequent episodes about a lot of different engagement strategies you can do. So this isn't gonna be the end all be all, um, but this resource that we are gonna talk about and these three uh, signature practices um, are kind of high frequency. You can use them a lot. They're, they're really ritual based. So like for every team meeting I could do or almost every team meeting I could do, I could incorporate some of these things. So that's why I think there, there are three signature ones is that you can embed these practices pretty much every day in the team meetings you're having, if you're running a workshop with staff, and then again, in your actual classroom working with students. Yeah, there's so many resources, resources out there. If you just Google welcoming routines, multiple school districts and organizations have resource banks. So shout out uh, Springfield, Springfield Public Schools in Illinois. <laughs> um, what we wanna do in this podcast is just give you an easy beginning point. So if you're starting to rock climb, you want that nice, big, easy, grip rock to grab onto. So that's what we want to point you to. Yeah. And I'm going to explain where this resource lives. So again, thinking about our audio podcast audience versus our YouTube audience, you know, if you're audio only, you might want to skip ahead about 90 seconds. We will link the resources we talk about in the show notes for the podcast. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to share my screen. And the quickest way to get to the SEL website is to type in tinyurl.com slash SEL site. I'm going to um, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click learn more. This is going to take me to the Universal SEL Toolkit. This is kind of our main resource bank because it is applicable to the whole school. I'm scrolling down to Educator SEL, and I'm looking for 
uh, SCL modeling and collaboration, because we're focusing on how we model our skills ourselves and how we collaborate with each other. Clicking on a resource folder. And it's going to pull up Three Signature Practices Playbook, Castle Three Signature Practices Playbook. And guys, this is a 60 plus page document. And like we said, um, we want to point you to an anchor point on the rock wall. So a really easy rock to grip to start climbing that wall. So we are not going to try and cover in this short little podcast, you know, the 60 page document. And even just emailing this 60 page document to someone I think would be really intimidating. Um, we want to scroll down to page 56. So if you're on the audio, podcast um, and you click in the show notes and open up this document, please just don't start from the beginning. Please just scroll with us down to page 56 and you'll see why as soon as we get there. This whole document of 60 pages is so long because it's really, it introduces the idea of what we're talking about. So those welcoming routines, the engaging strategies and the optimistic closes. But most of what it is, is kind of micro lesson plans. They look kind of like a lesson plan where it's going to talk about like, first do this. These are the steps. These are any materials you would need. So it's going to look kind of like a lesson plan to you. Um, but they cover all kinds of simple to complex uh, practices. Some of them you're going to read and think, I've actually done this in a PD session multiple times. Like if, for example, you've ever done four corners where we have big posters in four corners of the room and it says, you know, I agree 100% in one corner, I completely disagree in another corner. And, you know, someone says a phrase and you walk to those corners. You could do that in a PD session, you could do it in a classroom, but that's a pretty complex kind of deal. Um, and there are a lot of practices in there. So like we, we just didn't want you opening this document, looking at it cold, seeing all those uh, practices, some of them that are pretty complex and require some materials and getting intimidated and just shutting the document. Um, so page 56, which is a one sheet handout, um, one, one sided, um, like if you had a ring binder on your desk, you could print this out and put it in there. It is a really nice starting point and it's only aimed at adults. And that's our lens today. So that's where we're starting. Um, so it has three little sections, one on welcoming activities, one on engaging strategies, and one on optimistic closure. And we're just going to talk through some examples of each of those. And Courtney's going to start us off uh, talking about welcoming inclusion activities. So these welcoming and inclusion activities really get the meeting started on the note that you want to start it on. I know one thing that we do um, in some of our meetings for welcoming and inclusion is um, start with talking about some things we're grateful for or areas of growth that we experience. And I think it just gives um, us an opportunity to share things that we've been through professionally or personally that we can just identify either as obviously things we're grateful for or areas that we saw that we needed to improve just to give, share that experience that we have with others. Um, we've also been doing a lot of that checking in, in during our meetings, like Fist to five, like where are you at? A uh, fist is you're feeling really low or a one is you're feeling really down. And then the five would be like, we're feeling awesome. I'm having a great day. I'm feeling really successful. So these can be like lengthy. They can be really quick depending on the amount of time you have to dedicate to. And then just, I think it is important to make sure to talk through and like debrief, like, hey, so this is what we talked about. I noticed you guys are all here and acknowledge like, um, this sounds like everybody's around a two or three. Maybe we were having a rough week and I totally get that and 
just giving people some compassion and grace. Yeah. And, uh, like Courtney was saying, like the amount of time is of course a factor, like you're planning anything, um, in a classroom or in a meeting, like you want to consider the amount of time it takes. Um, just asking quickly, like for a fist to five. And for those who are just not familiar, I actually just learned that phrase earlier this mm -hmm. year. Um, it's, it's not that complicated. It's just, you know, holding up your hand and it's either going to be a fist, which is like a zero up to a five, which is all five fingers. So it's just kind of like a six, six point scale. Um, you could just ask like, hey, one to 10, like how you doing? 10's the best. Um, that takes, you know, like a minute max, depending on the amount right. of team members you have. That's just like a check-in of where we are. Um, when I was in my first year as a school psychologist in Minnesota, we had a team that met fairly infrequently. Um, so our meetings were a little bit longer and had a little bit more breathing room. Um, so it's not like a weekly meeting where we see each other all the time. And we would put a, a GIF into the agenda. So like a little cute moving picture that would kind of represent how we were doing. And people would just quickly guess like, hey, out of one to 10, like where do you think the person is by the GIF that they selected? That was a, just like a fun activity. It was a little bit less intimidating than just outright saying like, hey, I'm at a three. You just kind of expressed it in a GIF form like you'd put in a text chat and people would be able to guess. Um, so that was a nice way to open people up. So those check-ins are one way, um, just like we gave a couple examples that mostly revolved around numbers. Uh, you could also just do icebreaker questions and like a icebreaker question. The one I used in my kind of intro example was, uh, you know, just share a joyful or successful moment um, that you've had recently. I actually used that in a training session earlier this week. And I was careful to put uh, joy in there too, because we're in a really tough spot here. Uh, as educators, um, and everyone's feeling it right now. I think we're kind of past that little honeymoon bubble at the beginning of the year. It's tough. Um, so I wanted to include joyful because we may not be able to quickly identify successful moments. We may not be feeling that right now, um, just overall. So just looking for things like I had some nice coffee this morning, or I had some nice interactions with my family. Um, in the show notes, we will link a document that has a couple hundred icebreaker questions. Um, those reference materials are so helpful. Um, so you could use those with students. A lot of our, our buildings do, but for these meeting purposes, you might just pull that up, uh, copy and paste one into an agenda. And that's as easy as this can be. We're going to move on and talk about engaging strategies. And Rai's going to kind of lead us off there. So um, some examples that we can do to um, kind of promote engaging practice practices is allow for think time. Um, especially in a virtual space, allowing for think time can be very, very difficult. So you'll see it here on this slide, 30 to seconds, 30 to 90 seconds of silent think time before speaking and sharing is recommended. And in a virtual setting, that can seem like a lifetime. Um, I think that, that it, it's just an important piece though, because for some of those quieter voices and for um, some of those reflective learners that think time can be um, really beneficial um, before asking for share outs. Um, then the next one is just turning to your partner. So, so sharing and listening and making sense of um, some of that new input, just um, you know, taking a couple minutes, turn, talk and turn to, to your partner. Um, and then as well as think, ink, pair, and share. So 
generating some newer ideas and deepening the understanding through reflection, writing, speaking, and listening. This just gives them um, some time to take some of those mental notes that they have been thinking about and writing them down and sharing them with those people um, that they're learning with. So obviously in like physical settings, um, like the three of us have been in many situations in in-person team meetings where, you know, we can actually physically turn to our partner and talk quietly. Um, and as well, like turn to our partner and maybe pull out like a, an ink card or a sticky note and jot down some notes as we're talking and then share out with a large group. Um, those things are so helpful because, you know, Rye, we talked in the last uh, podcast about uh, different voice volumes and a lot of people are comfortable in a large group setting, kind of quickly voicing their thoughts in front of the whole group. And other people have quieter voices and they, for one, might take more time to pro. I know you talk about this a lot, like you want time to process, collect your thoughts, and then uh, like to have like one or two people to process with versus like instantly, you know, putting input into the whole group. Absolutely. And um, what, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say in a, in a virtual setting in a Zoom, so like like we can't turn and talk to our partner. So again, we're not promoting Zoom in this podcast, but that's the platform we use day to day most often. Um, we can shoot people off into breakout rooms of like two or three people. And instead of, you know, talking to a big Zoom screen of 50 people, uh, which is intimidating, uh, you have a little bit more time to collect your thoughts. Um, and in a meeting all three of us were in yesterday, we uh, had that breakout and we also had space on the agenda to jot down a couple bullet points of notes to reference when we shared out. Um, so that takes a little bit of pre-planning. I mean, if you're the facilitator, it's easier to just say like, hey, here's a question. Anybody want to speak up? Um, and that's one way you can go about it. But I, I think you do get better processing from the people, better listening, um, better, you know, responses that are honest if you take the time to structure it so that people can have that processing time. I also think something we do for that, like assigning those roles when we are in those breakout groups is super important because it gives everybody an opportunity to know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And that helps with engagement too, I think. Um, Especially in a virtual setting, um, just kind of going back to what your comment was before, Nick, um, it's easy to kind of hide behind your, your mute button and, or your video screen and just kind of be the silent person. Um, so asking those like just straight out questions, you definitely feel the wait time is very long. So I think the chat feature or the um, breakout rooms have been successful, at least for our professional learning. I was going to say the chat feature, I think like just asking a question and letting people um, respond in chat. Um, One thing that Zoom does specifically is you can kind of pick the person you're going to chat to. So one training session we were in um, where we picked up this tip is uh, they had people, um, they they matched people with a partner and you could just chat that partner. So we didn't even have to take the time to jump out into a video breakout room. You just chatted that one person. So a lot of different ideas. Another idea is um, some brain breaks. So I'm making sure that your participants are standing and stretching. Uh, This brain break also just helps us reset and refocus, um, helps with our stamina, especially for some of those longer meetings, as well as providing space for integrating and processing some of that new information um, that we may be giving our participants. I'm going to take over and talk about optimistic closure. So when we end our teamwork meetings, 
Um, a reflective question is a, you know, a really good example for adults of this. And just some examples of what those reflective questions might be are, what are our next steps? Um, or what is my next conversation I'm gonna have about this? And who's that conversation gonna be? Um, so you wanna think about kind of your intent behind these questions. The, the two examples I just gave are, I think ending training sessions or ending uh, team meetings where we've discussed kind of a plan. And the, the intent of those questions is really to let people think action oriented, like uh, what am I actually going to do? Kind of not in abstract terms, but take it into like the next day or so. Like let's, let's take what we talked about and turn it into actual behavior. Um, another example of a, a reflective question you could ask at the end of a meeting would be like, hey, what are you just looking forward to um, for the rest of today? And if you discuss some pretty heavy material or, you know, you're not necessarily so focused on, on action right away, but you're just maybe more connecting in that meeting um, and sharing an update um, and you just want to let people kind of take that and take some breathing room with it. That ending question of just like, hey, what are you looking forward to today might just allow people to kind of reset emotionally and with their attention and move on with their day in a positive way. So we're going to talk about takeaways. We talked about three things today, um, welcoming inclusion activities, engaging strategies, and optimistic closures. And those are you know, called the three signature practices. And really why you'd use them, and from an adult lens, like we're, a, we're human beings as adults. We have to kind of remind ourselves of that sometimes. We're, we're educators, we wanna be superheroes and we are, but we're also human beings. Um, and our attention and our emotions are real things and they affect how much we can focus and actually contribute to good productive teamwork. Um, so these three signature practices are again, uh, kind of frequently used ritual things that you can incorporate that are just going to optimize the amount of attention and positive energy and thought that people can bring to your teamwork. As always, thanks for spending time with us today. Uh, make sure to subscribe and if you're on YouTube, click the bell and so that you're notified when new episodes are released each week. We'll see you when you come back for another slice of SEL. Thanks guys, bye. Thank you.